Thank you for joining me again for the Dr. Lori Marbus podcast. And today we have Paul David Kinnemer uh, Jr. I hope I said that correctly. Did I say that correctly? Awesome. Yes. And Marilee Jacobs. These are the producers and director of Eating You Alive. It's a new documentary uh, actually screening now. So thank you again for taking your time out of your busy schedule to be with me today. Oh, thank, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. We're real excited. Awesome. Okay, so Paul? Can you tell us a little bit how this kind of all got started? I, I hear this was kind of your fault that everyone got drug along. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, we, we basically got uh, contacted by a doctor in our area, and he was a whole foods plant-based doctor, and I had no idea what that was at the time. But So he approached us about doing some promotional pieces for him, and, and he and his wife and the partner had us come, Marilee and I, come and actually uh, have breakfast with them. And so we kind of ate the food, and they – kind of uh, explain to us what their program was about. And they have about 150 people get, get together every month. And uh, so we we said, okay, I kind of ate the food that morning. And it was okay. You know, it was all right. But they said, uh, go back and watch Forks Over Knives and see what you think about that. And then they'll kind of give you an idea of what we're doing. And I said, okay. So we went back and I watched it and I called Marilee and I said, uh, I think I want to try this. Because I was 47 at the time. My dad had had uh, heart attack, uh, triple bypass. Uh, my dad had also had a followed by stroke. My mom has all kinds of cancers and diabetes in her family. So just pretty much your typical American family that have these chronic diseases. So I thought I was destined for the same kind of thing. Already had some aches and pains, was already going through some little, you know, smaller issues myself. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try this, but I can't boil water. So I thought, okay, Marilee, since we work together, another lady, Jody, that worked with us, I said, would you guys be willing to go, you know, try this? Let's go for it. And they were both, absolutely. So we as a team, as a production team, along with the other guys on the team, they, we all tried it. And that, we started down that path, and we just saw tremendous results. Uh, and in a nutshell, I lost 45 pounds in six weeks because of that. And I thought, wow, this is just going to stay this way. In three weeks, it was gone. And of course, I didn't want to give credit to the diet because it couldn't have been that, you know. And so, but then eventually, of course, I just totally, I was sold out. You know, I mean, how could I argue? My mom had 50% blockage in her carotid artery, uh, and she decided at that point, I'm going to give this a shot after she thought that her son had cancer and was going to die because he was losing so much weight and was so thin and sick. You know, all those typical things that you hear. <laughs> so, you know, she she said, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And three weeks to basically the day she started the diet, went back in, had tests done, and she was well within the normal range, below 20% block. So she had reversed her disease that quickly. So, you know, I, I was sold, Marilee was sold, the whole team was, you know, and we all experienced different degrees of, of results, but everyone was so, so thoroughly, uh, you know, just overwhelmed. Except I was missing my cheese. I mean, that was the big thing for me. I had no idea when we went for that, you know, that meeting with a potential new client. I mean, that, that was what we were going for, right? That, that I, I had eaten my last cheese like the day before. Hey, hey and I had eaten my last Reese cup. So that's <laughs> yes. I can actually understand both of those. Cause I tell people when I talk to patients, cause cheese was my hardest thing to give up and it took me about three months to quit craving it. And I, I always tell them, you know, cheese and I were lovers and, the Reese's peanut butter cups, you put peanut butter and chocolate together. It was meant to be together. And so those two things yeah. I totally get. Um, but you mentioned that your dad was um, – how old was your dad when he had his cabbage? Uh, he was 73. Wow. My dad was 30 uh, – he was 38 with his first heart attack. Oh, my word. And uh, my mom and parents have all had cancers. My mother had breast cancer, her mother, all their sisters. So I can understand – it was an amazing thing to, to see that rapid change in your mom. I think that's just so fantastic. Absolutely. It, it was amazing. And, and to me, of course, at that point, I was already I was sold out. I knew that at that point I knew this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I never went into it. I went into it. I'm, I'm very skeptical, so I didn't really believe it. I thought I'm just going to try it. But for me, it was like I'll just maybe a couple of weeks, three weeks. I'll just see how it goes. And then I got to this point where, my goodness, this is amazing, but I'm not going to go to that point of saying I'm going to do this the rest of my life because I didn't want to be wrong, you know. But then I just realized this is crazy. I'm not going to ever go back. I'm not going to drive through Taco Bell again. And, you know, it's just it, it was amazing. It just it just changed my life. And for me, it was the sweets. The sugars were the hard things to give up. And I, I still, I mean, I, I love sugar, but, you know. For me, that was the big thing. That was my big, my big addiction. Yeah, he eats grapes now, like, you know, 
Oh, it's all fruit. Yeah, it's like water. Fruit. Awesome. They're sweet. So, have you tried the frozen grapes? Yes, absolutely. I have. I've tried that. I've tried seedless Concord grapes. I've tried cotton candy grapes. I've tried. Oh. Those are awesome. Grapes are. Grapes <laughs> I gotta look that one up. So, <laughs> Marilee, what kind of physical? Did you have any physical changes? I I know you had seen something about your GI issues and stuff. Yeah, you know, I in, just in the last few years because of my love of dairy. Because uh, I wasn't, I mean, I like sweets and, and I loved, loved, loved baking the most gooeyest, richest desserts. Uh, I used to cater a lot. And so it was always, it was, I received my fulfillment from like cooking the most gooey, richest desserts that everybody just fell in love with. And they were great. They were amazing. <laughs> so, uh, but, but the dairy was my thing. And, you know, I had had, um, what I had started noticing just in the last few years, and I'm 51 now, um, but what I'd started noticing in the last few years was that whenever I drank milk, um, I'd have, you know, a cold glass of 2% with fresh chocolate chip cookies that just came out of the oven type thing. And I love my cottage cheese, love my cream cheese and bagels. Um, but whenever I drank milk, I would break out, my skin would break out usually within like 30 minutes it was the weirdest thing i'd start getting these little bumps coming up underneath you know my skin that were kind of like pimples but they didn't they didn't exhibit themselves that way but i could feel it and then the cheese and stuff i started having just some you know gi issues that whenever i ate it i noticed i had issues you know and i was like okay i need to probably stop that but the cravings the addiction to the taste of it i my little block of Havarti with dill, you know, comes in those little gourmet small type packages. I can down one of those in one setting, you know, with some good crackers. So that was, that was really hard for me. And, um, I, I think my biggest, you know, I think the, one of the biggest differences or the things that, and I don't even notice that, I don't think that we noticed it so much as other people noticing it. I remember we went to go visit, um, uh, a friend of ours that was up in Nashville and we were going to the Nashville film festival and we hadn't seen him in several weeks and we'd only been living this way for two weeks. And we walked up to meet him and he's like, wow, you guys look amazing. You're just glowing and you look so vibrant and healthy. And we had not told him that we were doing this at all. And we kind of mm -hmm. looked at each other like, you know, what's he been smoking? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of weird because we see each other all the time, so we didn't really notice a difference. But that's what they said. Everybody said just the skin glows and the eyes sparkle and, you know, you all these changes. So that and then I didn't – I was – I've always been kind of a small person anyway. But um, I had gained some weight over the years, and uh, I went back pretty much to high, high, high school weight now. And I have a, a daughter who's 17 getting ready to graduate. And she and I get to share clothes, you know. I don't, I don't know that she's all that excited about that, but I'm kind of excited about that. That's all. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, my daughter's 22, but she's only 5'2". So I'm 5'7". There's unfortunately can't borrow her stuff. But so as far as, you know, speaking of families, how did that go? Oh. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because Paul's mom, I remember, he would, he would come and tell – because so we did a lot of cooking, you know, so she would come to the office or whatever sometime when we were going through this and she made fun of us, right? She hated tofu. She thought that was just the way, the weirdest thing ever. So to see her yeah. transition was hilarious. She was totally good with blood from the meat. That's fine. <laughs> There's nothing weird about that. But tofu is disgusting. You know, that's a bean. But anyway, yeah, so it was very much uh, a tremendous transformation for me and for my family. Uh Marilee's family, I mean, you could tell your own story, but yeah, Marilee yeah. was pretty much vegetarian, so you, it wasn't so, uh, it, it was a yeah. huge change, but not like it was for me. I was literally the standard American diet, Huntsville, Alabama, and, you know, you eat all, you know, you know how healthy we are down there, so literally, it was every meal identified by the meat that you have and the dessert or whatever, you know, so for for me to make the change was, was really strange, and every all my family looked at me like I was strange, uh, just like you would kind of expect. But I didn't say a whole lot about it because I didn't really – that was just – I guess different people approach it different ways. And for me, my megaphone is a little smaller or whatever. So I just – I didn't say anything. I just kept doing it. And I would see my kids. You know, I would, my kids live a little ways away from me because I'm in Chattanooga now. So, And they're all in their you know low 20s, mid to low 20s. 
And so I would go visit them on the weekends. And, of course, our big thing is we go out to eat. Well, Dad all of a sudden doesn't go. We go out and eat, but Dad doesn't eat anymore. He either gets a potato or something plain or something different. So they ask a little bit, and I didn't say a whole lot. But over time, my 23-year-old daughter transitioned to this diet. Uh, after I'd been doing it for about, I guess, maybe a year. Yeah. Um, we were actually on the road in production for the film, and she called me and she said, Hey, Dad, how – if I'm trying to make whatever the recipe was, what is it that I need? What is that nutritional? What is that? And, and, and it's like, Addie Grace, what are you, what are you talking about? And, and she said, are you trying to eat like this? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, honey. And she said, I said, how long have you been doing this? And she said, well, I'm about a week into it. And uh, <laughs> since then, she's never looked back. She's just, it's changed her. You know, again, she was young. She was I would have thought she had no weight to lose, and she dropped she dropped 20 pounds, and she's pretty ripped up now. I mean, she's in the gym working out, so she all her uh, she had issues like uh, oh goodness, oh, acid reflux. Well, she had gallbladder removed when she was 19, so that's an indication. Wow. You know. wow. So she went through all that. She had heartburn issues, acid reflux, and of course, after going through that, they told her she couldn't have any number of types of foods. Now she has a garden in her backyard. She has she grows habaneros, you know, have all the peppers. She eats all the spicy stuff that she's always loved. She, after about what two weeks on the diet, she's had no issues of any type. Most of it after four days were gone. So, her and her fiance, it's totally changed life. Her fiance's dropped seventy five pounds. Uh, so it's just totally changed his life. He looks like a different person. It was great. He feels great. Uh, went back to, again, went back to like sophomore in high school kind of weight. Then my son, who's uh, 25, and his wife, they transitioned last Thanksgiving. And he dropped, again, I knew he had a, maybe a little bit of weight to lose, but he dropped 35 pounds. And went back to his about sophomore weight in, in school. Again, because for his whole life, and all my kids, they have eaten junk. So, of course, they had fat on them that you know because you know the fat you eat is the fat you wear so that's what they were wearing and so they got away from all that at this point so it really he leaned out you know just kind of ripped up because basically you have no very little fat on it so he was doing great his wife uh transitioned as well and she went through a surgery for rotator cuff and the doctor said we've never had a, a patient heal this quickly in four weeks she was totally back up to speed so it was really it was really amazing and then it transitioned my sister went to this lifestyle at eight years old, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So about nine months, I believe, into this lifestyle, for the first time in like 48 years, she was off all medications and couldn't believe that she was getting up out of bed in the mornings and exercising. I mean, that was unheard of for her because she's used to getting up and trying to, you know, just kind of klutz along until she could not be disrespectful to her. But, you know, she's in, she's in, in a bad way, you know. So she's doing great and she's out at 10 o'clock at night throwing snowballs with her grandson so it really really changed my family's life and, and again when you figure where we came from we were eating probably the worst case scenario just about but it really just changed our lives our entire family so wow. rheumatoid arthritis is i think by far the the one of them autoimmune diseases that respond the the quickest because um, every rheumatoid arthritis patient i've had has come off medications Within within months, very easily. So and, and, you know, we we interviewed. I'll, I'll let we interviewed Brooke Goldner. You might have known that we interviewed Dr. Brooke Goldner for the documentary, and she, of course, her bout was with lupus, you know, right. which there is no cure for. And so we get to tell. We're blessed to tell her story, and it's again amazing. You know, I take care of newborns to 104. I think has been my oldest, and so you get you run the gamut. And living in Rifle, Colorado, we get a lot of. You know, we're we're not the Aspen. We're Down Valley, Down Valley, and um, we're not the millionaires. We're the whatever else is down here. And so, you know, I'm working with people that are on Medicaid and budgets and. You know, they're eating at these fast food joints because that's all they can afford and they don't have time. They're working two jobs. But I had a mom come in in her later 30s and she had all these issues. I mean, upset stomach and ADHD. She was on a host of medications, asthma and a control. But he just, she just happened to mention meat and dairy upset her stomach. I said, well, stop eating meat and dairy. Not thinking that left her just plants. I was like, okay, stop eating what's bugging you. <laughs> it makes sense to me. So she came back in 30 days. And honestly, I didn't even think about it. And, but she brought her daughter with her at that time. And being in Rifle, Colorado, we have two grocery stores, a Walmart and a city market. And so there was, there's no restaurants here. I mean, Rifle is known for the, the one restaurant in the United States that the waitresses actually carry real guns. But yeah, that's called Shooters. I'm not even kidding. Do you see what I'm dealing with here? And so 
They literally ate at home, made all their own meals, so they didn't go out to these fast food joints. And they came back, and she goes, Dr. Marbus, I feel great, but my daughter, who's 16, pulled herself off two ADD medications in 30 days. I was like, what just happened? Because <laughs> nobody told me in medical school you were able to come off those medications. And it just really, I was like, I don't know how to describe it. It was such an aha moment. And I was like, this plant-based diet thing, what is this? And so I started doing research, and I was flabbergasted. I didn't wasn't taught this. I went to Texas Tech Medical School, and I had a wonderful education and prepared me for the military, and I was the active duty, and trans, you know, I was all over the place. It was great. But nobody mentioned fruits and vegetables and all these things and reversing disease. I was like, are you serious? But in my mind, I'm thinking at home, four years ago, I had an 18, 16, and 13-year-old and my poor husband. I was like, I really got to be sure about this before I might do this. So I, about two weeks later, I had a lupus patient come in, 40 years old, again, very young, 12 medications, methotrexate, chemo drug. She's on high doses of prednisone, very similar to the doc story that you're mentioning. And I said, you know, in my my little scientific brain as she's talking to me and telling me all her symptoms and her migraines that she's having five days a week and how she's overweight and tired and doesn't think she'll continue to be able to work a full-time job. I'm thinking, yeah, this is the one. I'm going to test her out. And uh, I asked her if she'd be my guinea pig, and she would, and we put her on a plant-based diet. We measured inflammatory markers the first day, and they were three times high normal. Two weeks later, down to just outside normal. Migraine's gone, eight pounds lighter. Five months later, 50 pounds lighter off of 7 to 12 meds, including the methotrexate, the prednisone. Kidneys had healed themselves. And within two years, she had reversed her lupus. The antibodies were negative. And, but that second week when she came back, I went home. It was a Friday night, and I cleaned. I said, we're going to a plant-based diet. When I walked in the door, and I took a trash can and literally cleaned out the whole house. And my family's going, um, I don't know what just happened, Mom, but she's crazy. She'll get over it. Plus, we had a quart of a grass-fed beef in my freezer. And they're like, oh, we'll still have that. It'll be okay. Two days later, the freezer broke. All that meat had to be disposed of. And I was like, I never looked back. And um, that lupus patient just really cinched it for me. And I've, it, we've never gone back. But it was incredible c- c- circumstances. Now, yeah. where, where is she? She's still there in Rifle? Yes. So everyone's still in Rifle. And um, the daughter went on to, uh, the first patient went on to graduate um, without medications. And... You know, when, when parents come in and they're asking for these kids, these medications, these ADHD meds, and I'm looking at them going, you know, let's look at our diet. And, you know, sometimes they're not interested. And I said, well, I guess you'll have to find another doctor because I will harass you about this every visit because I think it's malpractice not to share. And, uh, yeah. So, Marilee, let's talk about your family. <laughs> I don't know what there is to talk about. I, I think that... Um, I have teenagers. Uh, I have a, a son who's a freshman in college, a daughter who's graduating high school this year, and a 14-year-old who's a freshman in high school. And I, I wish that we had discovered this when they were much smaller because I've always exposed them to lots of veggies and things, even stuff that I didn't care for so much, you know, um, like okra. I was never a big fan of stewed okra at all. But but I would always feed them things that I didn't like because I didn't want to, um, you know, prejudice them towards certain foods. Um, but, you know, as teenagers, when I started fixing food this way, they would complain, you know, because it didn't it didn't taste like Stouffer's mac and cheese, <laughs> which I had to agree with. Um, and, and I think for, for the most part, I would I would fix what they were normally used to eating uh, and then I would just eat my stuff. Uh, but the problem is with that, I just, I felt really guilty and I felt like some sort of drug pusher, um, you know, like a drug dealer, uh, cause I was feeding them all the stuff I knew was doing damage. And, but we just kind of continued along those, along that way. My dad had had a heart attack a few years ago. And, um, even though I grew up predominantly vegetarian, uh, still, I think the dairy was always a big thing for me. And, uh, so obviously we weren't all that healthy and I, you know, my mom and dad, after watching our team do this for probably about six to seven months, uh, my mom started calling me and saying, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you cook this way? You're going to have to show me. And it, that was kind of crazy because my mom has always been an awesome cook. You know? and her, relatively healthy. Yeah. And, and, and relatively healthy. Oh, she's, she's a nurse. <laughs> so, 
uh, she we'd always done the natural methods for healing, like for earaches and sore throats, and you know she was not a big one ever to take us to the to the doctor and put us on medications. So for her to call me and ask those kinds of questions seemed really odd to me. But I actually took a trip back uh, with them to Colorado uh, to go to um, funeral service of a, a friend who had passed away with Alzheimer's. And I told them that I would drive them so that I could cook for them along the way since they were just getting started. And that was going to be a really tough trip to eat out, you know, or eat on trips and that kind of thing. So that's what we did. And so that kind of kicked it off for them. And my dad, I think my dad's actually back down to what he was when he went into the army. Um, and, and he, and he looks real good. And my mom, you know, my mom still struggles uh, with the weight thing. I don't quite understand, but I, I think she's not as committed. Uh, and so she, you know, her Cheetos and stuff every now and again, I, I think she has those, those times where she falls off the wagon, uh, and then she tries to get back on it. And I think a lot of the more rich foods, I mean, once you discover what you can do with cashews, like you can go like really crazy with the cashews, but again, being very fatty, you know, if you like cashews and avocados, but she loves both of those, then, then there's a challenge there because we can overeat those pretty easily. But with my kids, you know, when they're with me now, I think uh, for the most part, they've become accustomed to the food and enjoy the food. You know, I've probably gotten much better at cooking things that taste really, really good. And a lot of their friends will try the food and they really like it. Um, but, you know, there's still those Saturday nights where they go, oh, mom, can we get a, can you order some pizza? You know, type thing. Well, and I'm like, well, we'll just make homemade pizzas, you know, without the cheese. And I get the, oh, you know, <laughs> kind of a face expression. I was like, oh, brother, here we go again. But I, but I did have one episode with my 14 year old, and we were in a store, sh a TJ Maxx, I think, or something. And he wanted uh, gummies. He was always a big gummy kid. So he, you know, he was saying, well, can I get some gummies? And I'm like, yeah, you don't really need those. Yet. Well, I know, mom, but I really, really want them. And so I was like, well, you, well, honey, I mean, you know what they do to you? Well, I know, but I just really, really well. I'm like, okay. So he's like, really? I'm like, sure. You know, I'll, I'll get them for you if that's what you want. I'll get them for you. So he ate the bag. It was not a huge bag, but he ate the whole bag. And about 15 minutes later, he's saying to me, oh, he goes like, I don't, I don't feel very good. He's like, why did you, why did you let me eat those? Like, why, why did you buy those for me? And I'm like, I looked at him like, what? Oh, well, you asked for them. You wanted them. You begged me for them, you know. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't have to get them for me. And I'm like, okay, so, so like, here's the deal. You know, you're you're at the age now where if I tell you you can't have them, you're just going to want them all the more. And now you're actually experiencing what it's like to eat something that's really not good for you that maybe you haven't had in a while, and now you're feeling the effects, and you're feeling not so good about that. Now, maybe this time, because you made the decision and now you feel badly, the next time you want it, you'll remember how you felt <laughs> and you yourself will be more inspired to make the better decision rather than me just telling you can't have it. He's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, that's such a powerful lesson for him to learn. We did the same thing with my, well, my youngest, he's a, also a senior in high school. He's just turned 18 yesterday, but he had an episode, it was freshman year, so we've been doing this about a year, and he decided, well, they took, went to state for cross country, and he ate some things that were rich in dairy and some other things, and by the next day, we were in the ER thinking he had appendicitis with the elevated white count, and admitted, and luckily he was okay, but was a powerful lesson expensive one but again powerful exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's incredible and your and your your husband is also on board and no not really <laughs> you know i mean again i think it goes back to they'll eat what i prepare at home you know everything i prepare myself will all be clean food and so they'll eat what i prepare at home but when they're out and about, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, they'll bring home stuff, um, and it'll be from Taco Bell. It may not have any dairy in it, but, you know, the beans will probably have oil in it, and, you know, it's like the processed flour tortillas with all the garbage in it and whatever. So, you know, there's there's that. And um, so I, I would say it's that, you know, 50% commitment, which only results in 50% of the results. I mean, that's, that's you get about 50% of the results when you only commit, you know, 50%. So, you know, I think for them, it's not 
something that they've really they they've not jumped into it enough to, to really have these amazing experiences that that make you want to stay committed to it i think is what it is it's not become a passionate thing for them like it is for us and all i can hope for is that living this way and staying committed to it you know that my kids will see that that they've seen what our team has done um my sons have have worked with us you know been part of the crew or gripped for us from time to time you know they've watched the whole team they they think that that the uh documentary is awesome you know they think that's great and so i'm hoping that you know over time that they're going to come back to that they're going to remember that that's that's been modeled for them they've tasted the food so they know it tastes good so hopefully it won't be you know too far down the road well that world where they will actually make that commitment themselves when we went out they could order what they want they can bring nothing in that was you know any type of animal based stuff and what i noticed was they were from scarfing down what they could when we went out to now everyone's ordering plant-based except for the daughter she went off to college i i'm still working on that one but she's driving with me to florida next week i'm gonna i will be bugging her again but uh i will never give up but it's yeah i think that you will you're right you're modeling that behavior and they're they're watching and that that really makes a big difference for sure so yes that's hope and pray lots of prayers (laughs) um So now you guys have, you, your team has transitioned and you start on this adventure with this new documentary. Can you tell me about it? As far as the tour right now, we're just basically going across the country and, and uh, letting people preview the film and, and see what they think of it before we hit theaters. Now we have a pre-release screening, uh, pre-release screenings in theaters, uh, 21 selected cities uh, on uh, the 17th of this month and the 19th of this month. And then in November, uh, it will go nationwide. And we're still kind of waiting to see how the distributor rolls that out. But they're talking somewhere in the uh, 85 to 100 theaters across the country. So uh, that should hit, you know, most of the large markets. And so we're excited to see how that plays. So far, the response has been great. Uh, we keep our fingers crossed because for us, it's, it is a passion project for us. And we are sold out. As we've told our, our, our team, we've got, talked about Mary Lee and I, but, uh, another lady on the team has lost 70 pounds, returned to her high school weight. Associate producer, he is 29, and he's lost 75 to 80 pounds. Uh, uh, one of the editors has lost, assistant editor, he he has dropped 55, 60 pounds. Uh, and, I, and this, I realized, this weight loss, I never went on it for, I never went on this lifestyle, went to this lifestyle, I hate to say the word diet, but I never went to this lifestyle for weight loss. It's just that's just kind of going to happen. But so that's always a great to see that outward, you know, expression of what's going on in the inside is great. Uh, the healing process, but, but really, I mean, all the health effects that have happened within the team has been equally amazing. And I won't go take your time going through that, but so it's, it's really, it's cool to have a team of people that are putting together a documentary that they're actually trying to live and they are living. And we're also, we're all so passionate about it, but we're filmmakers. And so that, I think that gives us a unique uh, perspective, maybe, and hopefully we're able to build a tell a story that's of interest. Because the story is not about us. I want to make that clear. The story is not our story. <laughs> Although it would be a great story. story. Well, I, I don't know about that. That's questionable. But the, the story the story is everyone's story, but it's shared through about 75 or about 60 physicians across the country, as well as just all other people from all the different walks of life, uh, Across the country that have just all experienced transformational results and their health and all from changing their lifestyle just by what they put in their mouth and that's from James Cameron to Samuel L. Jackson which we all know uh, to people just ordinary everyday people and they've all experienced the same results so it's pretty it's it's amazing and to me we wanted to tell the story through doctors because they're the ones that are to be able to help us with our health and tell us about what's wrong with us. And these are all doctors that have found out, oops, I didn't learn this in school. Nobody told me this. So what in the heck am I doing? Okay, I've got to take this on myself and learn this, and then I've got to share it with other people. So it's really an amazing thing to me to see that, and I think the public needs to know that. Not to, not to, not to put down the medical field in any way, 
but simply to let people realize that the power is within them to control their health to a great degree. The responsibility is on them. And so that's really what we tr we're trying to make that point, as well as the, the fact that you are never too far from a whole foods plant-based physician who can help you get healthy, not fix your symptoms, not try to you know, repair little issues here and there, but to literally take care of your problems. Uh, and that's been our goal with this documentary because, again, Forks Over Knives, it changed our lives. And But what we really wanted to do was to show that it was not just a handful of doctors. This is literally not a fad. This is a science. It's backed up by science, and it is practiced by physicians around the world and across this country. And that was what we tried to make the point in the documentary. And I agree. You know, I met Dr. Campbell uh, last February in uh, 2015 in uh, – we were on a, a vegan cruise. That was an experience because it was a mostly junk food, vegan food. So my poor husband. <laughs> my husband ended up losing 65 pounds, by the way, and he's only 5'6". So, you know, he, he grew up eating fried Filipino food, and um, that was a, that, he's done amazing. He's, he's uh, harder at things than I am. Like, he's eyeing my food. But, you know, Dr. Campbell, we, it was funny. There were, the dining room was full, and we were just looking for somewhere to sit, my husband and I, and we happened to sit down at the table, and I look up, and there's Dr. Campbell and his wife. And I'm like, wow, um, this is awesome. I already knew Dr. Esselstyn. I had met him at a dinner. and But we started talking, and he was mentioning, you know, Lori, we really need to get these doctors together because there really is no forum. There's no national forum. I think physicians are kind of the most – you know, we're, we're busy and we're very, we're, we want to take care of patients. We're not worrying about everything else or how, you know, politics are going to affect us and how we're practicing healthcare. We're very reactionary that way, but there is no, even the AMA does not represent the majority of us. I mean, I haven't belonged to the AMA in years and because, you know, you guys need to be a united voice because we're so scattered. And, you know, I was practicing this for two years before I realized there was another doctor on the entire Western side of Colorado that also believed like I did, that was 25 miles away. And, I was like, wow. And so um, we've made advances. I've, I created a Facebook group, and we have almost 100 members now um, of doctors and nurses and PT and others that are plant-based healthcare providers and working to get that going because we really do need to understand and, and network with each other and help each other get these things started and how to approach administrations and stuff. And so I think hearing those stories and using that documentary is going to be fantastic in helping us with that, that, that motive that we Together we can make a change because, you know, one lone voice in the wilderness is not going to do it. It has to be all of us together. But did you guys have a favorite story or moment when you were making your documentary? You know, when we when we first started experiencing all the changes uh, and and we were just looking at all this information, you know, documentaries have been done previously on, on of this genre and of the same kind of topic matter and reading books and looking up YouTube clips and everything. We were really pardon the pun, but hungry, you know, for information and, uh, being, being in the production world, you know, it just seemed natural for us to want to tell the story uh, from our perspective, because here we were facing all these challenges, like, how do you cook this way? And, 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 you know, we have all these comfort foods that we're used to eating. And so, you know, how do we replace those with something that's better? And, and uh, how do we shop and, you know, and the time that it takes to cook, you know, it's like more time consuming. Well, now it's just become habit and it's easy now and it doesn't take as much time as it used to when we first got started. But going through all of those challenging steps, you know, those are the kinds of things that we determined that, you know, we need to do a doc. It just seemed like a natural thing that we would do a documentary from our perspective and kind of face all of these challenges and maybe present the information in a way that would help somebody else make the transition as well. So it's not just presenting the information to be compelling enough to get somebody to the point where they say, oh, you know what, I really need to make this change, but also to walk them through the steps enough in the film so that when they leave, the viewer leaves, they leave feeling empowered like, you know what, this doesn't look like it's so overwhelming. I can actually make this change. So, so what we were at that point and we knew that we wanted to interview physicians. We believed it was important to interview all the well-known lifestyle medicine the um, rock gurus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I think somebody referred to them as the Mount yeah, Rushmore exactly. of lifestyle medicine yeah. doctors, you know, and we wanted it to get all of them if we could. And so the first one, you know, we debated um, as far as 
who is going to make the call because we're unknowns. Nobody knows anything about us, you know, as filmmakers or anything. So, only, and I'm not even sure why it was Dr. Barnard, but, but, uh, I, Paul and I talked, and somebody else was supposed to make the introduction, and it just wasn't happening. And so we talked about it, and we go, why don't we just go for it? Why don't we just call him, you know? So we called him, I explained, you know, who we were as far as a team and what we'd done, and we wanted to make this documentary. And so I really think that maybe one of my famous, the, my, my, my favorite moments was when I explained all that and he said, yes, I'm, I'll be happy to participate. Uh, because then that was it from there on. It was like, oh, wow. <laughs> one of these people that we really look up to and admire and is one of the, one of the kingpins of lifestyle medicine said yes to these unknowns. And that kicked it off. And from, from that point on, it was like, okay, this, this is actually happening here. And, and that was amazing. So for me, it was like that first moment was like, okay, you know, <laughs> we're off and running. You're, that's a great start because I think Dr. Bernard has to be one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, and nice. just hands down, one of the nicest people. Um, also on that vegan cruise, we got to have dinner with him. And it's just so encouraging and just just a good person. It's just, and that's what I've noticed with the majority of all these, everyone It's just, they're just so loving and so willing to share and support you. And, um, which makes it nice. But like I said, this is wonderful because I'm so excited to see this because we really need to build that continuous talk amongst us so we can continue to get those early adopters and make, you know, the tipping point and really see some further changes. But that is fantastic. That's my favorite moment. I'm sure Paul has one, or maybe one that was a little surreal. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I, I, you know, I'm sitting here as you're answering. I'm sitting here thinking, what would be my favorite moment? I remember, I mean, obviously for me, just meeting some of these guys that had, you know, I felt like had so heavily impacted my life. But Dr. Esselstyn, when we, yeah, we uh, got to his place to interview him, and uh, he complimented our. Uh, uh, he was I very kind. Yeah, I won't go there. I'll just leave it go there. <laughs> I but will. He, was, no. he complimented Paul's driving skills because we're uh -oh. driving yeah, a bus, right? We have a 40-foot right? bus. We're pulling <laughs> a trailer. And he used to be a truck driver, he said. So that was kind of interesting. So <laughs> yeah, that's my... Uh, that's my claim to fame with him. Funny. But so, yeah, he was, but, but he was so kind. And I was caught, well, I mean, I, I was really, I was kind of taken back by the same thing you said. All these doctors that I knew their names, they're all so kind, so willing to give their time uh, because they're so passionate about helping people. I mean, literally going back to what doctors are here to do, to help people get well, to actually help, help heal people. And so that was so... Uh, that to me, it's more of a culmination of just the feeling of uh, overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the fact that all of these doctors, to see this common thread that that is woven through all of these doctors, not just the rock star doctors that we know their names if we're in this you know zoo with all of us, <laughs> but but the but all these outline, all these other doctors that are equally important and 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 we need them so desperately, you know, mm -hmm. in this movement as well, to to make it stick and to make people, uh, you know people that look at us as being weird realize that this is this is real this is going to stay here this is not going away and so to me uh just to see this this common thread through all of them was just it was just amazing and just again for for, for filmmakers like us that just happened to be on this journey uh inspiring to inspiring so inspirational to me to see that but i will tell you that i think one of the one of the things we walked away from i think as a filmmaker and of course i, I i'm i'm you know, I started working with Paul about 10 years ago, but Paul's been in it for a long time. And, and I think one of the most surreal moments that we actually didn't really get I'm to enjoy. <laughs> hey, we are not old in this room. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm denying that one, right? As long as I can. But with the most surreal was, was actually interviewing James and Susie Cameron. Because well, I, I can't imagine yeah. that there's anything more intimidating for a first-time filmmaker, you know, of some a feature length documentary or whatever to interview James Cameron as a director, you know, so we were very nervous. I remember about that. And, oh, he was, and, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. He was, he was the, really yeah, just a little bit. They were so, he and Susie were so warm and just absolutely wonderful people. You know, I mean, they, they were so great. And, but we were so nervous, you know, about everything that it was, it was kind of sad because we actually didn't get to like just revel in the moment. You know, it mm -hmm. happened so fast. We were in and out of there. We went in, set up, interviewed, got out of there because we had to rush that same afternoon and go over and interview Samuel. 
and um, which was pretty cool too. But the same kind of scenario, you're rushing and it's like after it's all over, it's like. You sit back and go, wow, that what, just happened. What yeah. just happened? <laughs> so now you, you realize people are going to put you guys on that same pedestal, right? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, that's good. so here's yeah. the thing about me. I'm the world's, I'm the world's klutziest person ever. So you put me on anything that's high, even if it's not high, I'm going to usually fall off of it. Pretty <laughs> so hopefully, no, no pedestals because I'll find myself on the ground in a heap pretty quickly. <laughs> no, but it, it was just, it was just a great, great, a great experience. Yeah. So, it's, nice. it's been a lot of fun. And honestly, the, I think the most rewarding of everything, it was fun putting it together and having all those experiences together as a team. But I think the most rewarding part of it is now um, doing these pre-release events, you know, and watching people's reaction to the film afterwards and and hearing their stories, you know, hearing more inspirational stories about people that have just started and, and what they've been experiencing in just a short period of time. And then there was like a, a lady um, up in the Detroit area we screened in Ann Arbor and you know, she was down in the front row. We had the Q and A after, and and she's like, "I'm so excited to be here." You know, she's 34 years old. This is my wake up call. She says, "I've been following you guys for a year, you know, on our <laughs> Facebook page or whatever." And she says, "I'm doing this. You know, I I I gotta I know I gotta do this, and and I feel like I can do this." And, and now she Facebook messages me and sends me pictures of what she's packing, you know, for her meals and and everything, and so. That that has got to be, I think, there's no better feeling of fulfillment than than that, to, to know that you've been just a really, really small piece in somebody's journey back to uh, health and back to life, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, that's, and, what it, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and that, that really is, like, so cool. I mean, that is, like, the most incredible yeah. thing. I said, obviously, we're nothing more than a conduit. We're not doctors. We don't try to pretend to be doctors. We can just give well, the I testimony. Play one on TV, yeah, <laughs> we can just give testimony of what's happened in our lives, but being able to help get the message out there so so more people can go back to guys like you and ask questions and get mm -hmm. that understanding. Just basically to make people begin to ask questions. You know, and that was kind of funny because I think I don't know if you guys have thought about this from this perspective of a physician when watching something like this. There's so many doctors that are suffering from burnout. Um, I belong to a physician mom group on Facebook. There's over 61,000 members. And what's incredible to me is every single day you scroll through, scroll through, and there's like they're frustrated, they're tired, they're overworked, they're underappreciated. Why am I even medicine? I want to quit. I want to do some type of administrative job. And, you know, as I came out of the Air Force feeling that I, I went in with a purpose but was very disappointed. You know, I got deployed overseas to the Middle East and just the bureaucracy and it was just heavy laden and wasn't able to practice medicine the way I wanted. So when I got out, I was thinking civilian, I'm going to be able to do this. And then, you know, I loved where I worked, but it was very similar. There's pressures to, to bill and see those patients and, and do all these things. And so I can see this burnout and you're just practicing medicine. You're just basically putting them in one door and out the other. It was just, you know, conveyor belt. And when I started this, that was like reigniting a spark. And so when you had, when you're describing that, um, a feeling of helping people find health and actually healing and not just taking medication so your numbers are better and so they can continue to get worse and die someday, that I call veggie crack. And it literally is addictive. And yeah. <laughs> I have found that with every physician, so I have a, a dear friend of mine, her name is Lori Fay. she's a physician in Grand Junction, and I met her last year, type 2 diabetic, she would not mind me, because she told, she told me she would be interviewed, okay, so she's okay if I'm telling you guys her story, but, um, you know, she was one of those people, frustrated with just general family practice, running them in, and she was going to make this transition to urgent care, so she could just, you know, kind of step back from this constant dealing with chronic pain patients and medications and specialists starting them on new medications and could care less what other interactions and side effects that you're dealing with. I mean, just a nightmare. And uh, I was like, Lori, you have to do this plant-based diet. And she's like, okay, you know, pat me on the head and send me on my way. But every time, you know, I'd have a patient, I was like, you have to understand this is so exciting. One of your patients came to see me for a cold and I've got them on this plant-based diet because I developed my own handout because I didn't have anything to give to them at that time, you know, back in 2012. And, uh, as we progress, I still use the handout. And um, she's like, okay, 
Well, about four, no, I guess we're about six weeks now she, ago, she decided to start the plant-based diet off her insulin, which she'd been on for five years and five days. She's oh. lost 20 pounds off almost all of her medications, and she is, she's hilarious. She's like texting me, I totally get your passion now. This is awesome. Why don't we just, we have to get up on the rooftops and tell. And I think <laughs> your film will maybe give them a little spark and a little hope to say, you know what, this is actually going to bring back what we're supposed to do is healing. And you're going to give inspiration and hope to so many people. And I think that is just so cool. I just get goosebumps thinking about it, but it's just, I just can't thank you guys enough. That's just amazing that you took the time to do this. You know, I, I have to, and I heard, I heard you make some comments. So I know that this, this will, I believe this will resonate with you, but Honestly, this this was not it's not us at all. Um, we believe this was a gift, mm-hmm. and and I believe that we were blessed and given this gift because God knew that we were going to be uh, responsible with it. I guess He He saw that what where it was going to go, and so ultimately it's it's been the whole process has been a gift. You know, first of all, the gift of health. But then being able to take the experiences and, and put together a documentary and going through that journey of putting the documentary together and meeting all these people and being inspired by their stories has been an, an, another gift, you know, along mm-hmm. the way. And then just seeing people's reaction to it that have seen it so far is just another part of that gift that just kind Absolutely. of keeps perpetuating itself. And so ultimately we, we really believe that this is, this was not ours. This is, this is not ours. You know, mm-hmm. this, this is his. And um, so we just kind of stand back amazed because there's been experiences all along this way. Um, aside from the health benefits, um, the experiences all along the way of where he's actually provided and opened doors. And I mean, we're nobodies. So, for us to be able to interview the top grossing director of all time is ridiculous. Yeah. To be, have interviewed the top grossing actor of all time is ridiculous. To be able to interview all the top lifestyle medical doctors and have them say yes is ridiculous to a bunch of unknowns. I mean, I you just and 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 now we're being told that you know documentaries like this documentaries don't typically get distribution deals like and theatrical release like this one is getting well we know that's not us you know (laughs) and we we just we just stand back because we we see where we don't know where god's taking it but we believe that he gave us this plan back in genesis 1 and it was the optimal way of you know fueling the creation that he made and he's trying to not only bring people back to healing, like his ministry was all about bringing people healing, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint as well. But people can't get there to that point unless their brains are cleared, you know, and their bodies experience healing. So it's like we, we're just really, truly are the vehicles, you know, at this right. point. And, it's, and, and the journey has been stressful at times, but I think more stressful, at least for myself, because I realized that I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and get things done or make things happen or whatever. And, and I I keep, but nothing worth doing is easy. Yeah. And I keep having to remind myself too, that sometimes I'm stressing myself out and I just need to sort of let it go because it's not like he hasn't guided this process all along. I just keep forgetting that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that's been a, a really amazing, that was been a really amazing thing for us to stand back and just and, and, be a part of it. And we want the film, like you said, we want the film to uh, to just inspire people. Hopefully, uh, to the ones that are already living this way, it's uh, people love to hear good stories about their good habits, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so they'll have that. And it's a reminder course. But for the ones that don't eat this way, hopefully, it's uh, they're going to learn something. Our idea is that we entertain them, but more importantly, we educate them and we inspire them, and they leave believing that. They can do this because if you can take someone like me that couldn't boil water and I can live this lifestyle, that's that was the idea is to get it to that point to where you leave the theater and it doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. If you're so busy that you have no time to do anything, which is the case with most people, you can live this lifestyle and you can nurse yourself back to good health 
and you, for the first time, will feel what it's like to be healthy. And that's what we're just wanting to be a vehicle of inspiration for people. That is so refreshing, and I and I totally understand because um, I, I am a believer that God will make things happen, and that's why I think my freezer broke after two days going on a plant-based diet. And, um, you know, I, I say it's the hand of God, but you're right. It's Genesis 129, and, you know, people say, well, I want to go and, you know, eat the paleo diet, which, you know, I can get into the science of all that baloney. I said, well, you know, if you're a God-fearing Christian or you believe in God in the Bible, then let's go back to the very beginning in that diet. And so, you know, it's kind of funny, like, oh, well, maybe so. But, you know, it's just, those are some fun conversations to get into. But again, I, you know, my daughter's applied to medical school. She's already been interviewed by one. And I think this would be something important to show kids like in, in that, you know, that arena, these young, fresh minds that are millennials and they, they're, they're, they don't have any problems breaking the mold. And, you know, I, I think that education is going to be key as well. And uh, there's a Dr. Harlan in Tulane. Have you heard about him? I don't no, think so. No. Um, I, I met him several years ago. I was writing online. Um, but he's uh, Dr. Gourmet is his name. And he started actually having a kitchen as part of, you know, these um, first and second year medical students' curriculum. And taking them in, he, he approaches more of a Mediterranean, but it's certainly better. There, you know, it's making kids not afraid to be telling people how to cook in a in a setting of a medical office. And I think every medical office should have a kitchen. I think that would be great. So I, I'm so excited to see where your guys' um, documentary is going. And again, I just thank you so much for taking that time. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. And uh, again, I just want to, I tried, I'm trying to do this with every uh, guest is just acknowledge you guys. And like I said, in your blessings to many people, and I think you'll never even know the ripple effects that you'll have. And I'm going to say thank you for them. And um, again, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having us. It's been a pleasure getting better acquainted with you. Absolutely. Awesome.